So I must confess, I, I'm going to give a very similar homily, almost the same homily as I did last Sunday at 8 a.m. at Holy Rosary. And there are three reasons why I'll do this, why, why I'm doing this. One is because the two parables are very similar, and they have a, a similar core message. Now, there are many layers to every parable and perhaps many lessons, but the core of both of the parable from last week and the parable from this week are very similar, if not the same. And so this homily would be fitting. Also, I was only at the 8 a.m. last weekend, and so if you, if you went to that one, then you've already heard this. You can take a nap, you can go outside, take a break. But if you're here and you didn't hear it last time, hopefully this will be, will be helpful to you. And thirdly, because afterwards, a couple of people came up to me and, and raised a couple of objections, which I'm always receptive to, or at least I try to be. And so I've thought through them and even talked to one of my professors at the seminary. And, and I'm going to double down. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll, I'll make a couple of clarifications, but, but I, think, I think it's sound. So here it is. So this can be really difficult for us to hear, this message from the Lord. I mean, really? Really, God? Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before me? I come to Mass every Sunday. I go to a confession every, every month. I've been giving money to the church and my time to the church for 50 years. And these folks repent at the last minute and they come in before me or they receive the same reward as me was the message last weekend. Really, God? And we heard that in the first reading. The Lord's way is not fair, was the cry. The Lord's way is not fair. It seems not fair, doesn't it? And this is because it strikes at the very root of our pride. It's like God taking an axe to the root of that tree, that pernicious inclination that we all have to think that we can earn our salvation by our merits. If we just do the right things, we'll be saved. And they're not doing the right things, so they shouldn't be, or at least shouldn't receive the same reward as we do. Now, if you notice this in you, as I've noticed this in myself, I'm going to propose a way forward because we don't just will ourselves out of this. We have to develop like a tree, develop our faith, our hope, develop our love. And so I think this here is the hinge, this question. Do you want to have a relationship with God? Or do you want to have a relationship with the things that God can give you. Let me say that again. Do you want to have a relationship with God or with the things that God can give you or do for you? If the latter, I'll propose that we're always going to struggle with this parable, with these messages. But if it's God himself we're after, things begin to shift. They begin to fall into place. So let me try to explain. We're going to go through five stages, five stages of the spiritual life. The first one sounds something like this. When we're inclined to do our religious duties, to come to Mass, to go to confession, to pray, to volunteer, etc., out of a fear of hell, kind of like fire insurance, I'm not really looking for a relationship with God. I just, don't want to, I just don't want God to punish me in the future. Now, don't get me wrong, this is good. 
And we want to be afraid of hell. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And there is a time when it will be too late. The first reading last week said this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Because there will be a time when he will not be able to be found. St. Augustine talked about it like this. There is the hour of mercy. This is the hour we're in now. This is the time when we can find the Lord. And then there's the hour of judgment that happens when we die. There's no repentance at that time. The Catechism puts it this way. There is no repentance for the angels after their fall, just as there is no repentance for men after death. Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 393. That's the hour of judgment. This is the hour of mercy. This is the time to seek the Lord. So this is good. Okay, we don't want to be punished in the future, so let's go to the Lord. And if anyone is ready to do that, somebody has been wondering and has been thinking about doing this but wasn't yet ready to commit, the way to do this is to go to confession. And after Mass, I'll hear confessions in this confessional here for anyone that wants to go. So good, fine, first stage. But we want to go higher. So now we get to the second stage when we only pray or do our religious duties when things are really difficult. We're not really looking for a relationship with God yet. We're just looking for him to bail us out. There's a crisis. Marriage is falling apart. A son goes to jail. A daughter gets pregnant. God, help me. God, get me out, get me out of the situation. God, help my family. God, do something for us. God, I'm desperate. Help me. Good. We want to go to God when we're desperate. And this is often the beginning of conversion. We realize that we've been going our own way, doing things according to our own plans, our own projects, and we're seeing the consequences. We're seeing that our lives are unraveling. Okay, now we're ready for something different. So we go to the Lord, we repent, and we start our lives in a new direction. Good. But we want to go higher. So now we get to the third stage and we're living a regular life of prayer. We're coming to Mass every Sunday. We're wanting to know the Lord. We're wanting to grow in wisdom and in virtue. We're going to confessions regularly, repenting of our sins on a regular basis, monthly basis. We're going to adoration. Maybe we have a weekly hour at the adoration chapel. Good. But in our private prayer, we're often just approaching the Lord to receive something from Him. We're still looking for things. God, give me this answer. God, I have a problem. Solve it for me. Give me the solution. God, give me the light. God, give me a sign. For young people, this often sounds like, God, I, I want to know whether to be a priest. Whether you want me to be a priest. Give me a sign. God, whether to be a religious. God, whether to marry. Or to whom do you want me to marry? Or should I take this job or that job? Should I pursue this career or that career? Or sometimes it's more trivial. Do I buy this car or that car, this refrigerator or that refrigerator? We go to God, we ask these questions, we want signs. And sometimes there are routine problems, right? Lord, I'm having problems raising my kids, what do I do? I'm having problems with my spouse, what do I do? It's a regular problem, what do I do? Lord, give me a sign. Fine, we want to go to God with our problems. Now, in regards to signs, I would suggest... Don't look for signs. I 
sort of wrote my thesis at the seminary about this. That's, that's for another time. But looking for signs is not a good decision-making strategy. There are better decision-making strategies than that. But my point here is just that we're coming to the Lord asking for something, asking for a solution to something. Good. We want to go to God with all of our problems. Great. But we want to go higher. Because we're still looking for something here in this stage. We want to go higher. Now we get to the fourth stage and we're doing all of the above. But now we're focusing on our own, focusing on our own virtues and vices. Lord, I want to develop my virtues. I want to develop my prayer life. Would you help me, Lord? Would you show me the way? Lord, I want to uproot my vices. Would you help me? Would you show me the way? This is as good as it gets. Let me give two quick stories. One from the one in the category before and one in this category. The one in the category before, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I want to know whether or not to go work for the newspaper company. I've been offered a job for the newspaper company, so I want to know whether God wants me to do that. So I start praying, God, let me know if you want me to go work for the newspaper company. And then the next morning, the newspaper boy throws the newspaper, and he usually lands on the sidewalk, but this time he hits my door, makes a loud bang, and it lands right in front of the door. So I hear, I hear the bang, and I go out, and I open the door, and I see the newspaper lying right in front of my door. And I say, thank you, God, you gave me a sign. I will go work for the newspaper company. Not good. <laughs> or here now, in regards to virtues and vices, you know that oftentimes married couples, or a husband or a wife independently, will come to us priest with advice, with, for, looking for advice or looking for help with a problem. Fine. And, but this conversation usually sounds like something like this. Father, my husband won't listen to me. Would you help me to convince him to listen to me? Father, my, my wife won't listen to me, won't do what I say, won't leave me alone. Would you help me? Would you help me to convince her to do what I want? If we can shift that conversation here to virtues and vices, Father, when my husband or my wife doesn't do what I want, this exposes certain vices within me. Father, would you help me to uproot those vices? This exposes areas in my life where I lack virtue. Father, would you help me to develop virtue, to develop humility and patience, so that I can go through the trials of life with my husband, with my wife, and develop my relationship with him and her more and more? Would you help me, Father? This is as good as it gets. This type of conversation with someone else or with the Lord, that's as good as it gets as far as asking for something. God, give me virtue. But it's still asking God for something. Good. But we can go higher. And more importantly, God wants us to go higher. 
He doesn't just want to give. He doesn't just want to. He doesn't just want to give us things, even good things, like virtues. He wants to give us himself. This is why he came and died and rose, to give us himself. Do you remember the question? Do you want to have a relationship with God? Or do you want to have a relationship with the things that God can give you? So now we arrive at the fifth stage, the fifth category. And I'll introduce it by way of an analogy. Married couples who have been married for 40, 50 years, and they're in a happy, holy, harmonious relationship, they'll describe a pattern that sounds something like this. We entered our marriage, we entered our relationship, not really looking for a relationship with each other. We thought that we were at the time, perhaps we were in love, we had all the butterflies, we really wanted to be with each other. But we realized pretty quickly that we really weren't. We were instead looking for the things that we thought we could give each other and we could receive from the other. Children, family, a stable home, a career, happiness, a good life. This is why we entered our marriage. But as we went through the trials of life, we detached from all of these outcomes. And we've arrived at a place where we're no longer looking for things from each other. We're looking for the other. We're looking to be with the other, to spend time with the other, to get to know the other ever more deeply. This too can be our pattern in regards to our relationship with God, because this is what God wants towards us. God doesn't just want to be in a relationship with us so he can give us things, nor so that he can receive things from us. God, here's what I do for you. Here's my works, here's my tasks, here's my accomplishments and my missions in the church and my family. Here's what I'm doing for you, God. I'm doing so much for you, God. Way more than these tax collectors and these prostitutes and these laborers that just arrived at the last hour. Look at all these things I'm doing for you, God. God doesn't need our things. God wants us, ourselves. And the same is true in the reverse. It's not just about God giving us things. God wants to give us himself. And if we move in this direction, we become increasingly less upset about what others do or don't do about how late in the game they are, or how much they're doing, or how little they're doing. Because we have God himself. Our thirst is being satiated. That for which we've been created is being given to us. More precisely, he for whom we've been created is being given to us. So how do we do this concretely? If you're, if you're wanting to move in this direct direction, maybe you notice you're mostly in one of these categories, maybe three or four, 
still looking for God for things, still having a regular prayer life, but still coming to God for things as opposed to himself. How do we move in this direction concretely this week? Here's my suggestion. It may sound confusing, but I think it's sound. You've heard of this book here, The Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's a big book. There are four parts in this book. And the fourth part is on prayer. This whole section here, prayer, Christian prayer. There are 307 paragraphs in this book, in this, chat, in this section on prayer. Do you know how many of them talk about decision making? Receiving lights from God? Receiving directions on how to make a decision? Big decisions, small decisions? How many of those paragraphs have to do with decision making? Zero. Not one. Zero. This is because prayer does not have as its end, as its purpose, decision making. There are other strategies that have as their end decision making. Like making lists, pros and cons, risks, rewards, talking to good advisors, good mentors, talking to experts in the area where you want to make a decision, where you have a decision to make, having problems with the kids, go talk to parents who are really good at it, who have done it and did it well, and their kids are grown and mature and practicing the faith, go talk to them, to those parents. Having problems with your marriage, go talk to marriage experts. Those couples that have been married for 40, 50 years plus, ask them how they went through their trials. These are all better decision-making strategies than coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, give me a light. Do I do X or Y? Do I try to convince my husband or my wife of this or not? Do I take a break from my husband or my wife or not? Do I raise my kids in this way or that way? Do I homeschool them or not? Do I put them in the Catholic school or not? Do I spank them or not? God, give me a sign. These are bad, bad strategies. My suggestion is stop looking for God. Stop, stop looking to God in prayer for answers to these questions. Stop going to God in prayer for answers in these questions and then looking for signs. Now, here's my clarification, the answer to the objection. The objection, Father, aren't we supposed to ask God for things? Okay, here's the clarification. There is a difference between a prayer of petition, God, give me this, give me a good husband, a good, a good wife, God, give me a better marriage, etc. But when we're doing this, the end is not the outcome. The end is a deeper relationship with God. The end is to become ever more dependent on God himself. So yes, let's go to God with all of our problems and let's ask him for his help in every single area, every minute area. But let's not look for signs about what to do. This is, this is what I'm wanting to highlight here. Let's stop looking for signs about what to do. And here's why. If you do this, if you take my advice, 
you will be free from the burden of seeking signs from God, seeking things from God. And you will be free to enter into prayer for its proper end, to be with God, to spend time with Him, to develop your relationship with Him. This is what prayer is for. And we can start in this Mass. Did you come here looking for a sign? Be free from that. Open yourselves up to receive the Lord Himself. Because that's exactly what He's going to offer you here in the Holy Eucharist. My sheep, this is what we heard in the, in the verse before the Gospel. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me.